Live from the Tucson Festival of Books on the campus of the University of Arizona, it's the number one weekend radio show for the Arizona homeowner. It's Rosie on the House. Beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. It is our 10 o'clock hour, the third hour of our weekly radio broadcast. We call it the Open Home Hour. Open to you, the Arizona homeowner. Whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, let us hear from you. It's the phone, one 767 4348 That's one 888 Call screeners are standing by, ready to take your call get you on air you can send a text question to 411923 during the broadcast for the next hour or you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com whatever it is you're trying to take care of get figured out we just had uh, we're live at the tucson festival of books and just had a homeowner come by looking for help fixing a a landscape project her and her husband had started and don't want to finish and looking for a, a contractor to finish that um we had a number, a number of people coming by talking. You know, we're in obviously in Tucson, and, and Sunday we're in the Arizona Daily Star. A lot of people that read the column there and how much they enjoy it. It's a lot of fun having people come up and, and introduce themselves. Uh, and, and like I say, when you're driving that transit around and it's labeled Rosie on the House, it's, it is a rolling billboard. Just having people honk and wave. It just, I, I, it just, it's just. I like that. Uh, I like that the people appreciate what we're trying to do here. We are in booth 420, which is really about halfway uh, between the the festival. The festival is along the U of A Mall. <laughs> that goes from uh, Campbell over here and all the way to Old Main uh, and, and the whole way. <laughs> and we're about right, right in the middle. So in booth 420, if you're out at the Festival of Books today, stop by and say hello. Pick up a home maintenance calendar or ask your question about your home, castle, or cabin in person. We have, we have had several people walk up and ask us questions. If, if you're listening to us on air throughout the state of Arizona and you have a question about your house or home, give us a ring at one 768 4348 767. What did I say? I said one 767 4348 rosie the number four in the letter U, one rosie for you. We have Miss Jessica answering the phone and getting your name and number. Jennifer is not in. I think it's hilarious. Jennifer picks this weekend to go to Tennessee to visit family and friends, and Memphis is hit with the biggest snowstorm in history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully she can get home Monday or Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. It's Maybe. hilarious. Maybe we'll, well get thank lucky. thank you. More people coming up to the booth and uh, telling them how they appreciate what we're trying to do here. Thanks. Thanks she for said kind words. The gloves are the best, and she's referring oh, to our, our Hexarmor puncture-proof, puncture-resistant gloves that are great for uh, trimming your native mesquites that are thorny or any kind of cactus, uh, cleaning agave trimming that you're trying to do. It's one of the items. Or it's, a, it's our top-selling item at our, our e-store. Two of the utility companies in Arizona mailed out in the last two weeks their monthly newsletter. And both of them were, were spouting the um, benefit of going to a budget billing for the purpose of creating a reliable, dependable, consistent budget. 
Utility companies will look at your buying pattern the past year and give you the same flat amount to pay every single month. And I understand that that simplifies things for homeowners to a great degree operating on a structured family budget. It keeps that particular line item from spiking in the middle of the summer to twice or two and a half times its normal rate. But let me just issue this one warning about budget billing with your utility bill. It is very, very hard for you or anyone to take a look at what return on investment you're getting for money you're spending to save money on your electric bill. If you're at budget billing, what you're seeing is an averaged amount every single month. If you pay actual, real time, what did I consume last month? Here's your bill, I'll pay it. Your flat rate, the cheapest you can get your electric bill down to, is generally, the, in Arizona, is generally the month of March and October. We generally aren't running any heat, and we generally aren't running any air conditioning. So those two months are your flat line. That's the bottom of the electric bill that you can get to. And then in the summer, below the Mogollon Rim, we can see that number literally double. And it can go up more than that for homes that are inefficient. And so people start getting scared, and that's all they remember, that double bill that they've paid. And they start spending money to cut that bill down. It's very easy to see if the money you're spending in an effort to save money is paying you off if you're on real-time billing. You'll realize over the course of just a very short time that radiant barriers save you nothing. Power exhaust fans in the attic raise your summer cooling bill grossly. They suck the air-conditioned air out of your house and put it in your attic. Many, many things that are sold and promoted as energy-saving devices, energy-saving tactics, actually cost you money. And it's much easier to see that if you're on real-time billing. I understand budget billing. And if you, in fact, need to do that or desire to do that for your monthly budget, just know we're going to have to dig down into actual energy consumed every single month as well as analyze peak demands peak loads and see how you're buying power it's a much more complicated illustration all right well we've got eric on the line who wants to talk about a masonry question one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight that's one triple eight rosie for you eric welcome to the program how may we help you all right thank you for taking my call um what I'm working on is I'm trying to install a gate into an existing block fence. And when I measure the blocks, they actually measure at nine and a quarter by 16 by three and a half. However, when I go to local big box stores, all they sell is four inch by um, eight inch by 16. Um, 
do I have to redo the whole fence to make a match, or are those off-size bricks available somewhere? And Eric, uh, I'm sorry, we're broadcasting live, and a couple of people came up to the table as you started your question. You're trying to install a gate into an existing masonry wall. Well, a, a f- yeah, fence. Okay. And uh, this masonry wall, this masonry fence, is made up of columns every 8 to 12 feet and in a real thin brick in between those columns. Correct. Okay, we call that a Julie fence or Royce wall. Uh, and you want to bulk up those uh, columns to carry the weight of the fence more successfully? Am I, am I no. getting... I, I, this, no. The standard size at the box stores is not the size of his opening. The standard gates. Right. No, so, no, no, no. The actual blocks is what I'm talking about. The, the physical, smaller, thin blocks measure nine and a half inches tall as opposed to eight inches tall that I'm seeing at every, every store that I've gone to. Right, and that nine and a half inch block is is dry stacked. There's no mortar bed in between the the blocks, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm sorry, but I still don't have a good picture of what we're trying to do. You've got the dry stack Royce wall dually fence. You've got the the grout filled columns at either side of the gate. Take me through one more time what we're trying to do. So what I'm going to do is I want to cut a five-foot hole in the wall and then put caps on them to keep the blocks from from moving around, and then I can install a gate in between those pieces. However, I can't get blocks that actually match up to the same size as what I have. Oh, gotcha. So there's no existing uh, space in between. The, the, you're, you're looking for correct. the right size block. You need to get to Marvell Masonry or Quality Block, an actual block manufacturing company, uh, as opposed to the big box stores. And they'll be able to set you up with that particular block to match. And if I understood correct, you're in Mesa. Marvell has two locations on. Uh, it's, it's Arizona Avenue. It's Highway 87. It's a B-Line Highway. It changes names like three times. and so, Somewhere along the line, one north of 60 and one south of 60, you'll find a Marvell. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very yeah. much for your time, guys. Yeah. Eric, take them pictures of what you want to do. They'll be able to stock you up with everything that you need. Appreciate and, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. And if, if it really is a dry stack, you can even take one off the top. <laughs> you, can do, you can do take that. Take it with too. you. That's right. Give me this. This is what I'm looking for. They're, now they're kinda of like tongue and groove fit. If you're looking to cut a five foot gap into that, you're not gonna be able to just cut the end of that and, and attach the fence. You're gonna need some structural reinforcement. So make sure when you're there you tell them you're cutting this into the middle of the brick brick wall and then you'll have to put um, you know, something more structural that you can then attach the gate on and probably even need a footing poured. Otherwise, the weight of that gate is just going to pull the wall over. So they also have a pretty good local uh, masons that could help you with that because it's not just as easy as attaching a gate onto it once it's cut open. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Or if you come up and ask us a question here, um, <laughs> please wait till the break. <laughs> till the break, or raise your hand. What was all that applause in that? I'm not day? sure, but it was. Uh, um, the sign said, "Hope and 
hap- haplessness. Um, there's there's 31 stages, and we're across from one of them. And this one seats about 100, and it's it's not only full, but there's people standing around it. And they obviously approve of uh, what it is. The topics are on there, but it doesn't say who the speakers are. There's a there's a topic at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning on the far other end that I'm definitely going to make. So Festival of Books, live broadcast to Rosie on now. So feel free to give us a ring, one 767 4348 if they asked me, I could write a book About the way you walk and whisper and look Well, it's not quite a book about the way you walk and whisper, but we, uh, Rosie's talking to Heidi Osler, the author of Arizona's Deadliest Gun Battle. That was not in Tombstone, uh, and we've actually had her on air during the Arizona Hour to talk about it. She's down here today to stop and say hello. I can't tell you how many people I've gifted that book to. (laughs) Hi, Heidi. (laughs) Gary says hi, Heidi. (laughs) Oh, man. It's one of my favorite books to give. Everybody wants a history story, and uh, that one is a big surprise for everybody constantly. Well, we've got Claire on the line who has an issue with her drain (laughs) (laughs) that we're going to bring in, calling from Tucson. Welcome to the program. Tell us about your home. Hi. Um, Okay, so the house is in Tucson, and it's actually my son's brand new house. It was a production home, and they just closed on it in December. And so everything was, well, the toilets were working fine, not a problem. Then he hooked up his, um, and he's very mechanically inclined. So he hooked up his washing machine and ran a load of laundry. And the washing machine's fine. It's no problem. But when the washing machine is on the drain cycle, he heard the toilet, a big, huge air bubble. And so he went in and he flushed one, and it came the water in the bowl, and this happened to all three of them, came all the way up to the top. And it stays there until the washing machine drain cycle is done. And at that point, the water in the toilet bowl drains all the way out. And it stays empty empty until he flushes it. And then it goes back to being fine again. Okay. You know what, what, Claire, you know what the biggest clue you've given me so far is? It's a new home. uh, And I'll bet you dimes to donuts that... Uh, as we were finishing that home, somebody installing grout or tile somewhere. Or drywall. Drywall was actually using the bathtub drain or the toilet drain to flush down their waste product. And that has coagulated in the line somewhere between the washing machine and the main line. And that's what's causing that poor drainage system. Get a hold of a plumber. Have them run a camera down it, and you'll—I'll really—I'll bet you dimes to donuts that they're going to see grout or a a blob of drywall mud or other building material in the drain, and then all your son has to do is call the builder and say, "I want to show you a video," or email that to him, and have them get someone to get out there and clean the drains. And I am positive, absolutely positive. That's going to solve the problem. If it isn't, then call me back because we've got a much, much deeper problem. But your biggest clue, new home. 
one of the very first things those home builders do is make all the contractors at the back end of the job swear on their mother's heart you will not wash grout thin set or drywall mud down the bathroom drain and if they're working late and the superintendent's gone home and it's an easier way to clean their mud pan it always happens and <laughs> it wouldn't be a, as bad if the home was used regularly at that point because it could have gotten washed out before it hardened but you've got periods of time that's right exactly the, the especially as it relates to the washing machine, it's not being used. So you've got time for that material to harden in there. It's unfortunately happens. Uh, and like Rosie said, if that doesn't help, call us back. Maybe we've got a venting problem that uh, that's not working. Maybe the drain's not the right size, and it's forcing water down the drain too fast. The system can't handle it. A camera will tell but, us the problem. And most plumbers call intelligent design and have, a, have them get a plumber out there and uh, run a camera. We were talking about giving away a staycation to the person that solved the mystery question for us earlier. You know, we have a new partner in staycations called Divine, and it is a edible gift focusing just on primarily Arizona-based product. It was started by Denise down in Tucson. She's down in Chandler right now, and she is contributing one of her favorite little gift boxes to every staycation winner she got started by turning wine into jelly hmm. that's how she started that sounds like expensive jelly <laughs> it, it made it made a sold out debut at all the local farmers market so it turned into a commercial hmm. kitchen and it produces a very uh, a varied and award-winning line of jams mustards candy snacks and spices so divine uh, thank you, Miss Denise, for participating in the Rosie on the House staycation. That is a package you'll get inside your Sanderson Ford that you pick up on your way out of town. So thank you, Divine. Sign up for your Arizona staycation at rosieonthehouse.com or arizonastaycation.com. We pick a monthly winner. We send you in a vehicle of your choice from the Sanderson Ford demo lot that you get to use for free for the weekend. We set you up. Uh, this we're going to be drawing for Bullhead City. Set you up in a nice hotel, send you with a traveling gift card, and work out amenities along the way. And it's just a great way to explore and discover the great state of Arizona. Because you're diligent, Rosie, on the house homeowner, and you're keeping up with your home maintenance. It will cover next segment number three here in our ten o'clock hour, the open home hour. It's when we cover our weekly to do, something that gets done on your home castle or cabin every single week. So we keep up with the maintenance and keep our homes in good working order. You know, it's a lot easier to tackle one project a week than have 50 projects pile up at the end of the year that never get done. And we've got uh, Sal from Dunright. And if you follow along in the home maintenance calendar, you know we're talking windows and doors. And we've brought one of our window specialists in to talk about what to look for on maintenance. I mean, we we you expect our doors and windows to be there and work all the time. But what should we spend a, 10 minutes around our home looking at? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I love being here. Um, something to... Well, I'm glad you do because you're in for a whole hour next week. <laughs> that... <laughs> talking about replacement windows and is a much bigger project. Today, we're just talking maintenance. Yes, I will see you next week as well. So some things that I think you should be looking for is you definitely want to check the caulking on the exterior of your window, right where your hole meets your window frame. 
Make sure it's not cracked, blistered, peeling, and make sure it's painted as well. With this being completed, it'll definitely last through the summer and many years to come. Now, if somebody hasn't done this and they've been in their home a handful of years, very good chance it's all of those things you just said. What should somebody do? Well, they can either reach out to somebody to have it done professionally or if they're looking at doing it themselves. They definitely want to clean the caulking, clean the area. If there's a very thin, fine caulking crack that needs to be taken care of, they should take a razor knife and cut it out to where it's a little bit larger than a hairline. Typically, you want the caulking to be about a quarter of an inch thick, and that's how it's going to perform the best. And it's a job that you don't get in a hurry on. Take your time, go all the way around all four edges of the window, especially reapplying it. That can be one of those things you can suddenly end up with a big gob at the end, and it can be messy. Absolutely. It's very difficult if you're not used to it. Prep, prepping the opening is by far going to make the job easier. And then as far as the material to utilize, your more durable product is going to be more difficult to utilize. A polyurethane is going to be paintable. It won't yellow. Uh, It'll be very difficult to utilize, but it'll last for many, many years. All right. We've addressed the caulking around the window. Same around uh, your door. What else are we tackling? Well, you want to check the weep holes. This is how your window is going to let the water out. If we do get any bit of water, you want to make sure that it's not going to be overfilling the window and or door itself and coming in. So on the bottom, in the corners, on the exterior, you'll find holes. Those need to be free from any kind of debris. Um, You don't want to have any caulking, covering them. Please don't caulk over those. And a lot of people do thinking they're uh, making their home more insect-proof. We see it all the time. Yes, please don't cock over your weep holes. Yes. Uh, So with that, you can actually, what you need to do is clean the track on the inside. Um, You can make sure that the weep holes on the exterior are free from any kind of obstruction. And you can actually take a a cup and pour water on the inside of the track and watch those weep holes work. That water should be going outward. Since we're talking about that, if there is a heavy rain, it is completely normal to see water on the inside of the track. Water is supposed to be there. It goes through the whole weep hole system and then back out. What you don't want to do is lay a paper towel or a towel over that, soaking that up, lifting that water up over the windowsill and then onto your actual windowsill itself. Yeah, so this is the track. This this isn't on... If the drywall's wet or the inside of the window, that's something else. This is the track on the outside. Well, this would be the correct. You don't want to have any bit of water on your drywall, but this is going to be the track that the oper- the window panel will operate in. So you will see it from the inside. On the inside of the home, you can put your finger in the track, touch it, and get wet, but it has to be in the actual track of the window frame. You would have to open the pane, though. Mm, no, well. actually. So that operation, how if you have a two-panel window, you can see it with the windows in the closed position. You can actually see water where the track where the track is where the window would open would into. Would open to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's completely normal. And that's where I can pour the water and let it weep out that? Absolutely. You can do that or open the window and, and check the other weep hole side. But water should go out both weep holes. So make sure all the weep holes are clear. Now, you won't have that on a door jam. Uh, If it's a sliding glass door, you will. If it's a hinged door, there is a a weep hole system uh, sill. It's not typical to most, so you just have to kind of look at it. It would most likely have a sloped sill, and that's the water just running off because of gravity. Now, while we're addressing our windows, we might as well clean the screens because the Arizona dust uh, does like to attach itself to it. 
Absolutely. Uh, the best way to clean your screen would be to remove it, maybe clean the concrete, lay it on the concrete, get yourself a light brush and some soap, brush it, you can hose it off. You can pressure wash it, but definitely don't get close to it. You'll just blow a hole in it. Cleaning your screens will actually help your windows be a tad bit more energy efficient. If they're extremely dirty, they're trapping some of that heat in there, not allowing the window to do its job. Interesting. Dirty windows equals less, or dirty screens is less efficient. Same thing with dirty windows, actually. Since you brought it up, the way that the low E works is it reflects the heat outward. So if you imagine just mud caked onto your window, it's not allowing that heat to be reflected off the glass. It's absorbing it and it's actually going to be losing energy efficiency. And if you've ever stood on the dirt in the summer, you know how well it retains its heat. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Now in window cleaning, you don't like to see people taking a pressure washer to the glass. No, you definitely can't do that. We do see a lot of homeowners do so. You can't take a pressure washer to your windows, your doors, uh, at all. Those pressure washers can be three, 4,000 PSI and your windows are probably rated for a 45 to 60 mile an hour wind. So you're, you're really over, overdoing it. Garden hose. Just, stick just to, a garden just hose. Stick to the garden hose and a, a good soapy bucket. Yep. Absolutely. So what material do you use in your bucket? What do you have on your solutions? Well, every manufacturing company is different for what they suggest for cleaning their glass. So I don't want to give just a flat out statement as to utilize this. Uh, what I would suggest is whatever manufacturing company product you have, check their specifications and that would be best to utilize. Possibly utilizing the wrong thing could create an issue. Uh, so definitely check with the manufacturer specs. And then on the interior, if you've got any rollers that are broken or you've got a crankcase that's not operating or a double hung, uh, you know, this would be the time to go ahead and make note of which windows aren't operating properly and get somebody out, a part specialist. If the older the window, the harder it is to find the actual true manufacturer replacement parts. Yes. If it's an older window, chances are you're probably not going to find the parts. So you have a couple different options. One is a, a Band-Aid. What can you do to just keep that window going? Uh, if that's not going to be the best option for you, then you would be looking at replacing the window. And that's what leads us into next week's topic. Sal will be back talking about window replacement, selecting the right windows for your home, understanding when is the time to go ahead and stop doing Band-Aid work and go ahead and do the replacement work. Uh, that'll be 9 o'clock next week in our on the house hour. Sal, done right window and doors if you've got uh, questions. Can I give a takeaway? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The most important out of everything is definitely cleaning your glass. By cleaning your glass, you're going to have the most energy efficient option of what that glass can do. Today's glass will be blocking out up to 99% of the UV and 87% of the heat. If you do have the newer energy efficient glass and cleaning that, you are doing well. Best place uh, to reach Sal would be at? 602-456-2227, or you can log on at azwindowreplacement.com. All great information about windows that we're trying to cover this whole month of March, uh, caring for the windows. I don't think people fully realize that the window of your home is the biggest weak link to your energy efficiency of the house not your attic insulation not anything else the windows are your number one weak link i want to before we go to break uh i want to cover real quick 
Last week we talked about um, the most asked question of the week was replacing shower heads. Was that a do-it-yourself project? And uh, uh, we got flooded with it again this week. Uh, people are going to uh, the uh, website and looking at it. Uh, I only want to repeat one. Call. It is a do-it-yourself project, but you've got to be very careful. That pipe coming out of the wall is the neck. You, if you're going to unscrew the shower head, you must also have a grip of the neck and make sure you're not loosening it back behind the tile, back behind the drywall, inside the wall. So with that additional warning, uh, I mentioned it last week. I just wanted to mention it again this week. Let's go to Carl, who's on hold, and see if we can help him. He has got on hold by dialing one 767 Good morning, Carl. Good morning. Uh, I live in northwest Tucson, just outside the Marana City uh, limits, and I have a home that was built in 1989. It has an upstairs uh, bathroom that we want to do some remodeling with, and we were talking about replacing the bathtub with a, uh, a higher soaker tub but that may be something that isn't going to, to work into our budget or our okay. uh, time frame. Okay. So we have a enamel over metal uh, bathtub that looks like it's structurally sound. And I was just wondering on your thoughts on having that refinished, whether it w works well or whether it's a durable type of process. Well, that's a two-pronged question. You asked it exactly in the right order. Is it durable? Uh, is it a good solution? Is it durable? Uh, it can look really good for a little bit of time, but I'll have to tell you, I'm not experienced with any of that type of refinishing product on a porcelain tub on a cast iron uh, skeleton lasting very long. Um, one, of, one of the things you can do down in Tucson is we have Rosie certified bathroom remodeler in Tucson called Rebath. They actually put a mold over the top of your tub, maintaining the same shape, and it's a it's a lifetime solution. That's one good option for you. The spray applications, refinishing, uh, look good when they're done. I don't know. I don't have any experience with them lasting in a bathroom that's used very much at all. If it's a secondary bathroom, doesn't get much use, chances are you can get several years out of it. But other than that, it's not anything I would generally recommend. Roma, you've got some Renaissance tickets to give out. Oh, we better do that. Text 411-923. And this is, we are down to you just to, two. You have to spell their cheer. You have to properly spell their cheer. Their cheer. Is that what we did last time? Uh, no, I, I think we just said, what is it? But it was a lot of misspelled ones. Oh, well, <laughs> I can't spell it right. Do you have the correct spelling for us to, uh, well, to test this against? Uh, no, but we, we've got we've got some writing staff that I'm sure can sort that through for us. <laughs> is that what it is? Text that to four one one nine two three. Sure. Okay. Yep. The correct way to spell huzzah. 
Text that to 411923, and we'll pick a random right winner uh, at the end of the segment. This is Well, we're down to just two. Oh, we are. This is – we had – each sheet of paper is two adult tickets, and we were giving away in two packs, but we're, this is just one. So it's, it's a set of two. You and your, your lovely can go enjoy a day at the Renaissance Festival. Compliments of Rosie on the house. Text the proper way to spell huzzah to 411923, and we'll pick that winner uh, at the end of this programming break before we break down the broadcast equipment and drop that in the mail to you. We have uh, we also have Saba tickets. If you would like to go to, the, you know, if you're in Tucson, you know the home show to attend. The only home show there really is is the Saba Home Show, Southern Arizona Home Builders Associations. They put it on two times a year, spring and fall. Generally, it's the first week of March. It's the first second week of April this year. They have a stack we'll be of there. about a hundred tickets that they have given to us, so you can come by the booth. We're in booth 402 today. 420. What did I say? 402? Four, yeah. 420. What does that number mean? You don't, I don't ask. I wonder what that number means. <laughs> what does that number mean? Everybody keeps teasing me about that number. I have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about. You need to go to the cannabis tent at 108 if you really want to care about 420. And I'm not joking. It is tent 108 over there is the cannabis tent. Uh, but we're in booth 420, and all you can get here is a home maintenance calendar, a handshake, and an answer to your home improvement question, and tickets to Saba if you want to attend Saba. Coming up in April, we've got a huge stack. We'll give them to you. Uh, I think they're two packs, and then they're sets of two. So we're going to be doing presentations grab it. at Saba this year. We'll actually be there all three days, and on Friday and Saturday, we'll actually be doing stage demonstrations on ten things Arizona homeowners do wrong most often. So that's going to be worth coming down to the Saba show just for that. It's so, things you all do. And it's wrong. And it's 10 of them. <laughs> so we'll be there actually demonstrating them and uh, having a little b- bit of fun with everybody. So And that is April. Just in a couple Second weeks, weekend yeah. of April. We'll Eight. be back down here soon. Well, your takeaways from today's show. John covered trees in the 8 o'clock hour. 9 o'clock hour, we moved to windows. Uh, windows have always been kind of my... One of my soap boxes, um, and I'm I'm glad that I can bring to you a window manufacturer that I have installed and endorsed and represented and recommended for over 30 years. And there are a lot of window manufacturers out there, but I'll tell you, when it comes to my money, my house, and my clients, um, we will always recommend the Pella brand of windows. They've got the new Experience Center grand opening that we just went to last week up in North Scottsdale. They've got showrooms, the new the new showroom down in Chandler. They've got one uh, that they're just relocating down in Tucson. So, yeah, they've they've got the right product for the right price point in each category in spite of what you're looking for, regardless what you're looking for. And we just got an email that's going to be very uh, common thread. It always is as the summer months come up. My neighbor bought so-and-so and and saved 40% off his utility bill. Will I get the same result? Well, I can tell you, if there was one product that saved everyone 40% off their utility bills, everyone would already have it. Uh, People... Um, 
tend to embellish things. They want their decision and their investment to pay off. So it, they may overlook a few things to sell themselves that they did, in fact, spend their money correctly. The first thing I would do is ask that neighbor, are you willing to provide your utility bills from last year to this year so we can compare to somebody kilowatt that knows, use? To somebody that knows how to study them. And <laughs> uh, time of use and uh, your overall cost. What we're probably going to find out is if there was a 40% savings, it was just off of his cooling costs just during the summer. It wasn't 40% year-round. But even 40% off of cooling costs on one product's pretty hard stretch. So there's some other things we've got to dig into deeper. Don't let somebody tell you in a shotgun statement they're saving 40% on their utility bill from one cheap investment. That's just not... If it existed, everyone would have it. Stop and question it. Visit rosieonthehouse.com for questions about your home, castle, or cabin between now and next Saturday. We'll be back in studio with uh, Done Right Windows and our On the House Hour. Jay Harper will be in in the Outdoor Living Hour. And then, of course, of course our open home hour.